Today's service is a bit different. Uh, we're calling it Stories of Faith. Um, we're going to be asking people a few questions, and we're going to be finding out what faith is like, sometimes in the extraordinary. I think we'll see examples of when faith can be an extraordinary thing, and we'll see examples of when faith can be a really ordinary thing. So it'd be a couple of interviews, uh, one with a professional sportsman, um, a guy called Jesse Senlefeo. You might have heard of him. He's a giant of a man. He's a lovely, humble Christian. Um, and we're going to hear a little bit more from him about how God is at work in his life, how he helps him, all that kind of stuff. And we're going to hear some uh, testimony from a mum, a physio, a Christian, a church worker, Judith Gibson, my wife also. Uh, she's going to give us some testimony about what God's like in the ordinary and in the extraordinary. And we're going to see, uh, we're going to witness testimony um, from two of our um, members, Dan and Jacob, are going to just uh, perform some songs and share a little about uh, how faith has impacted their life. When we talk about testimony, we often think maybe of Paul on the road to Damascus and we think of this shining light moment, the moment of salvation when it comes into your life. But actually, testimony can look really different than that. Testimony can be when your faith is hanging by a thread and yet you're kept. Testimony can be the wilderness years when you know about God but you're not able to look at him. Testimony can be when God's word is like really alive, whether you're reading it or whether God is speaking to you, but it can also be when God's word is like a whisper that you've got to really listen out for. It can also be when that God's word is just something you can't hear hardly at all, but you keep going back to it. Testimony can be when you're enthused to shout the gospel to others. And it can also be when you need to tell it to yourself. Testimony can be when your good actions are seen by loads of people. And it can be when they're only seen by God. Testimony can be when you're cared for by your friends and by God's people. Testimony can be committing over and over again to put yourself under God's word and God's authority. Testimony can be really big changes in your life. And testimony can be tiny, incremental nudges along the way. However it looks, your story really matters. We're going to hear some of those stories, or we're going to bear witness to them, some of those stories just now.
song and this song is about keeping in God's will and not letting the real enemy win through this through this life we face many of difficulties as a Christian we sometimes reckon that we've got this maybe the tempter will leave us alone but he doesn't he comes at us more he hates us and eventually he wants us dead be that physically or spiritually he tries to separate us. But you want to know the good news? God is the great master surgeon at work who loves us and turns it into good. As long as we say, I don't have a clue what I'm doing. I'm going to let go and let God take care of this. In fact, I'm going to bend more towards his will, even more. He will save us. Directed from a realm which we cannot possibly comprehend, he will save us. This song is called Checking Vital Signs. But we've been through hell and back 
There's so much that's amazing about Dan and, and Jacob, uh, not least their musical abilities, also their personalities, but probably even more than that, the fact that they've been rescued by an amazing God, uh, which is the same story as me, so we can praise our God for that. Thank you, Dan, and uh, thank you, Jacob, for sharing those songs. That was brilliant. Hey, nice to see you. 
It's been a long time, yeah. You're looking well. You wear a white jumper really well, Jesse. I'm going to say that just right now. Just, yeah. I mean, there are people that can wear a white jumper well, but you really wear a white jumper well. I want to say thank you. Uh, probably a couple of things. I'll not be too gushing, but um, I took up the chaplain's job at Cast Tigers years ago, and Jesse was a bit of a saint. It can be quite a difficult environment to be in a rugby league environment, and Jesse's a good ally to have in that sort of environment if you're knocking around there. So he was a good friend to me then, and we've shared Bible study together, we've prayed together, and he's been a nice guy to be around. So I'm really thankful to have, yeah, it feels like a real blessing to have come across you. Um, and it's not like, even if you're a normal person, it can be quite tricky to be a humble guy. Um, but when you're built like Jesse, I think it's extra hard, and he really is a humble guy. So thank you for all of, all of that, mate. I've got some questions for you. Um, and you, you feel free to deviate, say as much or as little about um, any of this as you want to. But I was curious, because uh, I know a little bit about it, but I guess I don't know how much. If you're really even into rugby league, you might not know all of this. Where did you come from? What's your, what was your childhood like? What can you tell us about that? Yeah, well, um, hello, everyone. The name is Jesse Senilifal. Um What an intro. <laughs> don't believe everything he said. Um, but, um, yeah, look, um, you know, born in New Zealand with a strong Samoan heritage, um, live in Australia f for most of my life, um, and now over here, um, I was only supposed to come here on a two-year contract, and um, seven years later, I'm now a UK resident, <laughs> so I love my time here. But um, growing up, um, I was brought up through my grandparents, because my, my parents both worked, and... Um, in our culture, you have to look after your parents when they get old. So my both par parents worked for my grandparents, and my grandparents just looked after all the grandkids. I was just lucky enough to, to be there all the time. And we grew up um, through the Samoan way. And um, we, uh, the first thing at, like, 6 in the morning, you'll, you'll hear a whack over the bed, and that meant it was prayer time. So my grandma and granddad would get us up six in the morning, and we all doing prayer in Samoa, and um, that Are you was. You listen to that, kids. Yeah, if you think you've got it tough now, <laughs> that was six o'clock in the morning, and it wasn't breakfast; it was prayers. Yeah, it, it, in 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 the language when they used to say it to us is before the sun comes up, and um, they they believe back when the way they were brought up in Samoa is that you need to pray before the sun comes up, because you never know what would happen. And um, that was just a blessing for the day to get our day started, to hope that everyone that went to work come back safely, for us kids to learn and, and obey and understand why you're getting told off and why, why we're restricting you from certain things. So um, it was a good opening to, to start your day. But, um, you do that with your kids? No, no, <laughs> no. Um, but you could. So I could. Yeah, right. I, I've changed it a bit. I, I kind of do the, um, with my own kids... We have dinner on the table, um, no phones, no th nothing, and we have a Samoa um, song and a, and a little prayer straight after it, and um, we do that every night. Um, obviously, it's hard when um, I'm playing for Sheffield Eagles now. We, we train at night time, three times a week, so that's three times they don't do it. Their mum doesn't push it, so it's only when I'm home. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so that's something that I've done with my kids. But, yeah, it was um, growing up with grandma and granddad was good. You know, when you're young, you don't know what's bad or what's good. You're just so grateful that you have life. But um, mum and dad struggled a lot, you know, um, young parents. Um, and I was just blessed enough not to see all the, the bad things. And um, I really grew and, and seen the good things. And it kind of 
made me, you know, understand what values are and, and, and who God was. Wow. Okay, cheers. That's a perfect answer. Um, so I'm going to ask you next what, what motivates you, but what, have you always been like a motivated person? When did you, when did that, because you strike me as quite a motivated person. Has that always been the case or? Yeah, look, the word motivate for me is, is a starting thing. It's a not ongoing thing. So motivate means to me is something to, that, that gets me started. Right. You know, but it won't keep me going. So when you say what motivates me, I think it's a question you ask yourself every day. Um, so sometimes um, we have a thing called purpose in your life. And, um, you know, my purpose is obviously um, my family, but sometimes rugby comes before family. And it's just the way um, our professional sport is. And you've got to ask yourself, what would the best rugby player do? At five in the morning, you ask yourself, what would the best rugby player do? At 10 a.m., when you need to go sleep or you watch that extra Netflix or you're staying up a bit more later, you ask yourself, what would the best rugby player do? And now when, when you ask yourself that question, it triggers that you've got bigger goals in life, you've got things that you want to tick off, um, you have a, a, a standard in your life that you don't want to let down. And um, that, that helps, you know, with, with what motivates me. I think that's what starts me off every day. That's helpful to know. Um, has there been anybody that's in, had a big influence on you? Yeah, Ash, man, like um, in, in my line of work, um, being, having faith is, is sometimes, some people don't like to, what's the word, say it, say it out loud, you know, um, people are a bit shamed to, to know God, and um, I found that very hard coming to England, because in Australia it's very normal, but um, having faith at the Castleford Tigers and then now at Sheffield Eagles, it was something that they were like, hey, God... Or, or praying before the game, eh? You know, they don't really understand. And, um, Did you pray before the games? Always, always. So that was something that we done in 2017 in Castleford. And, um, you know, with, with this kind of thing that we've done, bef just before we walked out, um, I'll get anyone that wanted prayer in a huddle. And um, we'll, we'll do a quick prayer, and then we'll, we'll go. And when it first happened, our coach was like, hey, it's my turn to talk. What's this guy doing? <laughs> but um, I could probably say, like, if you look at the end of the season of 2017, that was probably the best season Castleford's ever had. And, um, you know, we got the league leaders. We, we won the comp with 10 points in front. Um, and I'm not saying it was me, but I, I do believe that Jesus was around us. I do believe that God was moving within our group. And um, it, set a, it set a different standard. It set a different um, vision for the club. And, um, yeah, we, we, we really enjoyed that year. We really enjoyed that year. And then Coach ended up leaving that extra two minutes for us to do our thing. And he, step, he, he just let it be. Um, before the games? Yeah, before games, before games. So this is Daryl? Daryl Powell, yeah. Right. Yeah. But when you say influence, I think for me, because like what I said before, um, people are a bit ashamed to say who they are and what they believe in. Um, I, I get, I'm influenced by guys like Ash that come in and everyone knows Ash is from church and he believes in God. And for me, that, that inspires me. That influences me very in a positive way, you know, and um, also music stars that, that sing, um, other Christians that are playing rugby, um, they definitely influence. And, and when I see them, I, I like to follow. I like to follow what they're doing. I like to understand how they what their mindset is going into games and how they, um, you know, get the edge on, on other teams and other players. So there's a few influences there, but faith is clearly 
clearly a big one that's, that's helped you through your, your sporting career, your personal life. Yeah, all that yeah stuff. most definitely, man. Um, I'll be honest, if it wasn't for my faith, I, I don't think I would ever become a professional rugby player at all. Um, I had a kid before I was 18 with my wife now. We have five kids. And um, this story, having my kids so young, my, my wife was still at school, um, you know, you can easily lose your head. Um, and when you're ashamed and you've let your family down, mum and dad down, your aunties and uncles, um, everyone at my church, because we had a church back in Australia, they all looked down on me and said, hey, this guy, disrespectful, doesn't listen to his parents, he wanted to get a girlfriend, and look what's happened, he's got a kid. So everything against me, everything I believed and I had um, grew up to understand, I went against and I, I sinned. Um, but if it wasn't for me to believe that God gives me talents and I believe that he's given me gifts to, to shine his light on this world, and if I didn't believe that, um, you know, I could have went a different direction. But because I believed in his talent, I, I think God gives us everything you need. You just need to put it in the work. Um, God doesn't put in the work. He puts in the work after you've done your work, and then he blesses you again and again and again. So you're conscious of, it sounds like God's a big part of your life. Are you, even when you're playing then, are you conscious of your faith and your, and your God? Yeah, that's, that's a different story for me. I'm a bit different. Um, once I crossed that white line, I believe that's called the battlefield. Um, and um, yeah, <laughs> I don't, I'm not your friend anymore. <laughs> Um, but um, I believe, you know, like David was given gifts, you know, and he looked after a whole war of army and stuff. So you go use your gifts. Yeah. So, yeah, once I, I crossed that white line, I, I believe that um, it's the area of battle and war. And um, you use your tools and the gifts that you got to, to shine. And then once you come off, then you can serve God again and, and, and bless those who enjoy what you do. Awesome. So um, you've, you're playing for Sheffield Eagles now. Yeah. Um, kind of looking out to the future, is there things that you still want to achieve, is there still, things you still want to achieve in rugby league, is there things that you want to achieve um, in life, what's, what's, what's in front of you now? Yeah, there, there's still a lot, you know, um, I'm, I'm about 33 now, so everyone says this is the back end of the season, but I still feel like I'm 21 and I'm running around with all these guys on the field, and, but um, the only thing that's kind of stopping me for my rugby and the vision that I have is probably my body. But um, I still believe I have a calling to my team um, in terms of leadership, um, in terms of where the club wants to go. I can definitely help. And, um, you know, with, with a bit of faith behind you, I, I, don't, I think I'm unstoppable. Awesome. Amazing answer. Um, is there any wisdom you want to... So we've got quite a few younger ones in, maybe might end up becoming <laughs> rugby league players or might end up, you know, just thinking about their future. Is there any sort of words of wisdom you want to even though you're only 33, which is still pretty, yeah. pretty young. Have you got any words of wisdom that you yeah, can I think, pass on? Yeah, um, I think, you know, a lot of young kids or young teenagers that are about to, they're, they're easily influenced to do something else that they don't like and they follow their friends or um, they follow someone that's doing something else because they went there. I think the best thing to do is find what you actually love doing and you would do it for free every day and you wouldn't even know the time's going. And once you find that one thing, you put in the work, then everything else that you wanted will come. Um, and then, obviously, prayer. Um, I, I pray all the time. I have so many little prayers throughout my day. 
Um, sometimes I'm walking and I'm praying. Um, you know, I'm sitting in the car and I'm praying. And sometimes praying is asking, but most time praying is being so grateful for certain moments in your life. You know, sometimes you've got to be so grateful that everything else seems so beautiful at times, um, especially when all odds are against you. And for our young kids, they're easily influenced by Instagram likes and Instagram comments and Facebook and social media. And, um, you know, it's, it's not that bad comment that, um, that describes you as a person. It's the person you look in the mirror every day and you can tell yourself. And um, another thing is listen to your parents. <laughs> um, I was the biggest guy that thought I knew everything. And, um, yeah, sometimes, man, your parents are right. Um, and if they're wrong, you let them know too. <laughs> that's, that's, well, I asked for one thing, but yeah, you seem to get quite excited about that question. Yeah. Yes, there's a lot of wisdom to pass on. Uh, uh, can I just pray now? Is that all right? Yeah, all Father good. God, we give you thanks uh, for Jesse. Thank you that you spoke into his life. We just we praise your name for the way that um, he can celebrate his success and he can look back and see you with him and guiding him. And we thank you for the way that you've equipped him and the skills that you've given him uh, to be used for your glory. We just return praise to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Round of applause Amen. for Jesse. Thank you very much. Last interview now. Maybe the most amazing uh, of them all. I'm going to ask my wife, Jude, to come up. Um, not least because she puts up with, like I know... Dan and Jacob a little bit, but they don't, I just get to see them occasionally. Jesse, known for a few years, but bless him, he doesn't have to live with me, and Jude has to um, live with me, and I'm very thankful for all of that. So, um, for those of you who don't Hi. know, this, is, this awkward moment here represents a man, a man interviewing his wife. I guess most of you will know that, but not everybody will know that. Um, and so I know some of, some of the answers uh, to some of these questions, but probably not, not everything. So I'm going to ask you first of all about, so we, we met when you were Young. 15, but there was 15 whole years that I um, didn't know anything about. What was your childhood like? What was, what was it like to grow up? I've met your mum and dad and they're Christians. So what was it like to grow up, grow up in a Scottish Christian church and in a, <laughs> in, in a Christian family? Um. I think for the most part, some, like Jesse was saying, like that really kind of positive experience of knowing what was good in life, I could really relate to that, Jesse. Um, that idea that um, there was lots of things I was probably protected from as a child. I, I got to see um, the best of life in lots of ways. Um, and as a child, I went regularly to school and uh, to church school as well, and uh, that gave me a lot of security in life. And and I wanted to follow uh, my parents, and I wanted to follow God. Um, and I think it was for that kind of security of uh, things that I'd heard about, like um, uh, my sins being forgiven, and I really wanted to go to heaven. Like that was a major motivation in my life, and so. Those things brought me uh, lots of security. Um, probably as I got older and as I got a became a teenager and kind of just had a brain that was thinking a little bit, um, I didn't really doubt the existence of God. I felt quite content that there was a God and things like that, but I really didn't really like Christianity always or the way it was portrayed. And some Christians were just 
weird. And I found that really tough. And then to kind of add insult to injury, my parents became missionaries. And I was really not cool with that. That was not good. I remember, I remember that. <laughs> and uh, I, that was a struggle because I felt like, well, I kind of am okay with God, but the way that this has kind of been portrayed out, the what church is doing sometimes and kind of, yeah, I, I just wasn't comfortable with loads of that. And that had, I had lots of questions about um, so some that of kind it, of thing. Breaking that down, some of it was like very, very positive and you're very thankful for it. And yeah. then other bits, you were like, you had a lot of questions. So I think one of the things, uh, one of the important questions to ask is, and this has been, this is an experience that we share, is that then you, you if you grow up in a Christian family, which is some people's experience, but not everybody's, uh, you get, it, it can be, it's not all necessarily so, but it can be quite black and white. And then you grow up and then you've got, you've got to look back and you've got to ask all yourselves uh, these questions. So you can have an experience of faith as a child but often working that faith out as an adult can be quite different. So I was going to say, how, um, how, how has it been growing up as a Christian? Now, when you face it, ask, you know, when you look back and you have to go, so they really crossed the Red Sea, or they really knocked, <laughs> Jericho really got knocked down, yeah. or those people, that, you know, God did, God did those things. When you have to wrestle with those questions and lots of other things, how is, how is that working out? So I'd love to tell you that I went on some, like, a constant quest for knowledge and was constantly trying to work that out. Um, reality for long parts of my life I was just uh, doing other things <laughs> and not that, not that we're bad I, I got married to a guy uh, and uh, stuff like that um, but I think those questions kept repeating to, uh, kept repeating uh, themselves uh, and that kind of uh, that drive to know more about what God was doing what his purposes were why did that look like that what was going on with that that was something that was a real um, motivation for me and at different times in my life, it looked like different things. So I, I remember at one point in my life doing an alpha course. I'd been a Christian for years, but doing an alpha course. And that was just something that was really helpful in just cementing, oh, yeah, I, actually, the I, historical figure of Jesus, he's, really, he's real, and I'm really comfortable with the historical figure of Jesus, the fact that the resurrection and the historical evidence for that, I was, that was really, really helpful things. I went to Bible college for a, for a couple of years as well with this like idea that I would answer all the questions that I had in my head because I'm I'm that naive, and uh, they, that was really helpful in terms of a space to ask lots of those questions. It gave me some answers, but the truth is I just left with more questions about the, the stuff I didn't know I didn't know and all that kind of stuff. So I think uh, the questions have uh, been a continual part of my life. Um, and probably an author that's been really helpful to me is a lady called Rachel Held Evans, who's kind of no, she, unfortunately, she would have been my age, but she died. And she told the story of, um, the way that she told the story of Jacob wrestling with God, which is this Old Testament narrative, this whole ancient story, but a guy who like physically was in this fight and wrestle with God about what it was all about, like what, what God was doing and what it was all about. And that God was really comfortable to come down and have this literal physical fight with Jacob. And I think probably as I've got older and an adult, having faith to me and believing in those things has not looked like some, there is security in it and I'm thankful for that, but it's also looked like an ongoing wrestle, a wrestle which I'm happy to have to the end of my days as I try and work uh, those things out. So did you get all the answers? Well, you 
I know all the answers to the things that uh, you might ask me at home. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, should you clear up? Yes. <laughs> should you put the bins out? Yes. But uh, I thought we were still working through that. Right? <laughs> uh, no, not all the answers, but I'm really uh, thankful for the place that I feel content in the fact that I don't have all the answers, where that was maybe in my younger years, that was a struggle. And at times that still waxes and wanes, but actually the pursuit of exploring those things, that in itself is faith. I think it took me 10 years to get my head around the fact that coming out of a Christian family, <coughs> thinking I would, def I would be at ease with everything and know all of the answers, to kind of accepting that there are, that I'm still asking questions and I've not answered all of the questions yet and I'm looking at, into the next few years thinking, well, probably I'll have some more questions, I'll have some more um, wrestles ahead of me. But I think it is, I think it is a, I'm glad that I've gone through that journey because I think we've got to be grown up about faith. I think we've got to ask difficult questions. We've got to wrestle with it. Might mean having some doubts. Might mean working some stuff through. Might mean admitting that we're a bit uncomfortable with some things. But I think that's maybe what grown up faith is, is like. That's how it's that's been. That's how it is that's how for it's me, for I think. Um, so next question, uh, what do you do for, I know the answer, but, uh, what do you do for a living? Um, what, what do you do for a job? What do you do nine to five to pay, the, to pay your way? Uh, well, hopefully, most of you will know that I do work down here at church for a couple of days a week. And I'd like to just take the opportunity to say that I just consider that like the greatest privilege to do that, um, to be able to uh, work with you um, and serve here. That just feels like, yeah, I love Christchurch. I'm really thankful for you all. So uh, just to take a wee soppy moment to say that. And I think in terms of what faith means in that scenario, I genuinely couldn't do the job without it. Um, so yes, oh, that's <laughs> thank a, that's a prerequisite. <laughs> when I'm not uh, down here, I work in the NHS. I'm a physio. Uh, and uh, yeah, I've, been, I've done that on and off, but I'm kind of back doing that a little bit more these days. Um, and yeah, in that scenario, uh, faith still plays a role. I, I think it's like really, I think when I was younger, I maybe thought that I could be the most caring physio and that I would be the, the, the nicest one. And it's just not true. I'm just not at all. Um, my colleagues who I work with, I just work with the, a really great bunch of people. Um, they're so lovely. They are the most caring people. They genuinely want to leave the world a better place. They genuinely have lots of care and heart for their patients. Um, they're really good at like mental health awareness and they're really like switched on to all that. They like totally put me to shame uh, with their, uh, their care and uh, their, outlook, their positive outlook in life. So um, I, I think, yeah, the idea that I might out-care them because I'm a Christian, just uh, totally. So what um, does being a, if you can't out-care anybody, <laughs> what does being a Christian look like? I think one of the things that uh, being a Christian looks like in work is the context it gives me. So it allows me never to think too little of work and never to think too highly of work. So hopefully just understanding uh, what God thinks about work and what God thinks of me means that work will never be so consuming that it defines me and I would be lost or crushed without it, but also that it has value no matter what you're doing. Um, because God created us to work and there is value in all the little things and all, even my little acts of care compared to my awesome colleagues. Um, 
that even in the little acts of care, there's not just significance for this life, which I think there is huge significance for that for the, in this life for my colleagues, but there's eternal significance. And I think for me, that's a really helpful story to place myself in, the story of an, an eternal thing where the small little things um, really matter. So, so um, what about at home? Um, what, are there any... Christian fails that you want to share? Um, being a, I think we'd both say that sometimes walking the walk of faith can be hard, can be a hard thing. What does it look like in the ordinariness of, of our house or your day? Um, so probably one of the hardest places to be a Christian is in my own home <laughs> because I feel like I'm so exposed to actually how I really am. Do you guys get to see a nice... Uh, a nice version of me. I generally have a shower on a Sunday and <laughs> things like that. But um, at home, uh, my Ash and the kids really get to see what I'm like. And so there's a sense in which that is the hardest place because I, I flip, and I, maybe you can relate to this, but I flip between just being exhausted and feeling like I have no capacity for anything um, or a woman on a mission who's like, right, kids, <laughs> let's go, let's get... Uh, this is what we're on with now, and uh, things like that. And um, I think I kind of am my own worst enemy in that because I'm either uh, I'm either too tired to see God at work, or uh, or I'm so convinced that I can do it that I don't let Him help. So I wrote down some things. I'll just refer to them if that's okay. Um, <coughs> there, there are things that I would like to tell you that my house is like and my home is like and being a Christian is home. And there are these things sometimes. So there are some times when I'm in that eternal ancient story and that's like a really affirming place to be. There are times when I remember to thank God for the daily bread that he's given me and to equip me for what lies ahead of me. There are times when my parenting is full of grace that um, I have, the, the grace that I've received, I'm able to parent in that way. And there are times when I love selflessly, sometimes. <laughs> but because I have such a room of witnesses, you guys know that that's just so few of those times that they are just not, that's just not always how it is. In fact, it's just rarely how it is. It's how I'd like it to be, but rarely how it is. So what I find actually, at home is that I, I'm just in a place where I'm clinging on, like clinging on to just knowing who God is. We sing about him being a good, good father. And that's probably what life is like at home, clinging on to a God who I know is a good, good father. And in the same way that at work, I think being a Christian helps me not think too high and not too low. I think that being a Christian in the house hopefully helps me uh, not get too high that when I'm on a mission, I think that it's just me that's running this house. And, uh, but when I'm just like so exhausted and beyond capacity that uh, I'm still valued and I'm still loved by this good, good father. Um, so yeah, somewhere yo-yoing between those two things. God seems to keep me uh, not too high, not too low, but kept in his love and his provision and in those things. I don't know if that's helpful. I don't know if anyone can uh, relate to, uh, to any of that stuff. Uh, you also picked out some verses that um, Sam and Jonah uh, read out for us. Why did you pick 
the verses about the broken pots? Was there a reason that that verse, why, when we talked about testimony and sharing faith, why was that verse, why did that resonate? Yeah, it might be helpful to have those verses back up, uh, Martin, if that's okay, from like verse 7 onwards. Um, I think I love, these verses have been in and out my life a long time, but I, I particularly like the honesty in the verses. Um, just the honesty, like we've talked about, uh, all of us, I think, today that have taken part, have talked about struggles and things like that. But we've also mentioned that in the world at large, there's just huge struggles going on. But I really like the honesty. I think that we, this realism that we can relate to, the idea that we're hard-pressed, that at times we're perplexed, we just don't have it all worked out. Sometimes we're persecuted, sometimes we're struck down. I like the honesty that uh, I am a jar of clay, like there are cracks. It's not always pretty. Um, and I really like the honesty of them. But I like the hope. I like that even though I am these things, that we find ourselves in these circumstances, that because of the resurrection of Jesus, this thing that just, that is just changes everything, because of that, that experience that we're not crushed, I'm not in despair, I'm not abandoned, the reassurance that that gives me is uh, just incredible. I'm not destroyed. And, the hope of the resurrection, the knowledge that this life is not all there is, um, it just keeps me going. It uh, helps me to just keep, keep plodding through. And probably lastly, just um, I like these verses because it just reminds me of the privilege of the life that I, I lead, the idea that the God of heaven would put the treasure, his treasure, <clears throat> in my jar of clay. That's just like... Uh, quite mind-blowing, um, that the verses talk about the idea that that light will shine out. And I guess in my ridiculous, just clinging on most of the time, this, that I would like to shine uh, for Jesus. The, the verses before talk about how Moses, when he met God or got the law from God, his face was so bright that people were just like, whoa, back off, Moses, put a veil on, that's just too much. Um, and the, the idea is that with God's treasure in our hearts, we shine so bright that almost we're like, no way, that's just like uh, too much. And just the privilege that God would choose to put his treasure in our lives in jars of clay and connect us to an ancient story, a story which is uh, of old, that Scottish Glasgow Jude in Yorkshire uh, can somehow be connected to that story that will then go on to take place in eternity. It's just, yeah, a privilege. So I would like those verses a lot. Thanks for sharing. Can we have a round of applause? I guess we've all, got, we've all got a story. Every one of us has got a story. Um, would it change you if you believed uh, that your story uh, was bigger than your actual life. If it was possible that the story that you're telling was even bigger than the number of days uh, that you have, that there was a plan um, before you, uh, that as you live it out, that there is meaning to be taken from it, that there is an outcome of it. If you could believe that, uh, would that change you at all? Father God, thank you for 
uh, your work in the lives of, of Jacob and Dan and Jesse and Jude. And thank you for the way that um, in their fragility and their brilliance, both uh, uh, they can point to a holy God. Thank you for, for placing that treasure uh, within each of their stories for us to see and for us to see you within it. And Father God, we just pray that you'll help us uh, with our own stories, that uh, in your grace and in your timing, that they'll flourish. Uh, and we ask this in Jesus, in Jesus' name. Amen.